Hey team, welcome to Rewriting Wellbeing, the Teacher's Health Podcast, the show that discusses all things health and wellbeing to help you thrive and not just survive in teaching. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. You are joined by me, your host, Charlie Burley. It has been another minute since our last episode, as it tends to be at the moment between these podcasts. So the reason being this time is that we are currently gearing up for our rewriting wellbeing event on the 22nd of October in London, in the St. Paul's area. It's just two and a half weeks away now. So things have been just a little bit busy here at the Teachers Health Coach HQ. So as you can imagine, the podcast, our email blasts, a few other bits and bobs have just had to go on the back burner for the last couple of months. But this as again, it tends to be, is a bit of an impromptu episode about World Teachers Day or UK Teachers Day. So I saw a post on social media earlier, a really lovely post, and someone had sort of decorated the staff room and put lots of food and cakes and sort of um, bits of bits of lunch out for everyone. And it looked lovely, looked really, really nice. And, and they were sort of sharing the things that they were doing in school to celebrate their World Teachers Day. And I thought this is a, it's a really sort of nice opportunity to talk about how we show appreciation and recognition and gratitude ultimately to our teachers, both from, you know, a society and kind of community perspective, but also just within schools, within our sort of school community. Now, as you know, my kind of take on health and well-being within school and within education as a whole, doesn't matter what your role or your position or your pay grade is, is that we often do things that are niceties and not necessarily tackling the root cause of poor health and well-being for educators. These might be things that are really, really appreciated. And I want to kind of preface this episode by saying I'm not beating on people being nice in school. I'm not saying, you know, don't buy buy your staff sort of, you know, the cupcakes and the cakes and, and the dominoes when you're staying late or put the nice smelly soaps in the bathroom to give everyone a bit of a pick-me-up. I'm not saying that. Those things are lovely and always going to be really appreciated by your staff and by colleagues and, and whoever else. I'm not, I'm not sort of, you know, um, disregarding that. I think that's a brilliant addition. But what my kind of take on this kind of thing is that that's not dealing with well-being. It, it's it's a nicety. It it helps people, you know, cheers people up. It's something nice during their day, but it's not tackling the root cause of the problems that they actually face. And I think if we were to sit down and be completely honest with our staff and, and with our colleagues, we would all probably say the same. We'd probably say instead of that nice soap in the bathroom, I'd rather my workload be addressed or I'd rather more support in the classroom, things like that. So this sort of image kind of got me thinking about what true gratitude is and how we can show that better and this is really an episode not from a coach's perspective but from a teacher's perspective these are sort of nine things again I tried to come up with 10 come up with nine so you can fill me in on what you think number 10 should be but these are nine things nine ways for us to truly show gratitude and to show teachers that we are grateful and we recognize their hard work and just so you know, nine ways that we can really support teachers with their health and well-being. So number one, then it's going to be to respect teachers boundaries and even more support teachers in building those boundaries. You know, have staff meetings about setting work life balance, show people how it's done, give them the support, encourage them to do this. Number two is going to be scrutinize the workload, not the teacher's. 
Now, this isn't just going to be nine points directed at our leadership. This is going to be for all of us because, you know, well-being needs to be a community approach. But so often we scrutinize teachers productivity and how their their time management and and all these different things and obviously on, on top of lessons and data and all these other bits and bobs but how about we apply that same scrutiny to the workload that we give our staff because more often than not people are already spinning too many plates and then we're slipping in these new initiatives and this new marking scheme and this new approach to English and this new way of teaching lessons and this new lesson plan performer. We, you know, we're slipping in all these sort of changes and these additional responsibilities for people. We're not scrutinising what we're giving them. I have spoken to so many head teachers who are doing amazing things for well-being in their schools and something that they all have in common is that they don't just get something put onto their plate and pass it off onto onto their staff. What they do is they scrutinise it and they stand up for their staff and they say, right, hang on a minute, does this need to be done? What's the impact of this? Number four, number three, go for number three, is going to be give your teachers genuine recognition where it's due. And again, this isn't just from leadership to staff. This is staff to staff. This is parents to staff everyone if we give our teachers genuine gratitude genuine recognition praise what they you know what we need to keep us going we all need that sort of pat on the back we all need that positivity not just this these sort of you know these platitudes that we sometimes say but genuine recognition where people feel seen they feel heard they feel respected in their profession next one then is going to be be open to feedback and try new approaches One of the most important ways that we can show our colleagues and our school staff that we care about them and that we actually do really appreciate what they do is by not being closed minded when it comes to new approaches. I've experienced this myself as a teacher in school, whereby a new approach or a new just angle on something, even just a new perspective on it might be proposed and immediately it's shot down without any sort of deliberation, no no sort of communication, no chatting it through. It's just like, no, we're not going to do that. That won't work. In truth, any change is going to be difficult and it's going to be uncomfortable for whoever it is that's implementing it. But at the end of the day, we need to give things a chance. We need to be open minded. It might not work, but at least, you know, you tried and you tried one more thing that you can tick off your list and you're actually making positive progress towards better health and well-being within your school and your community. The next one for me is going to be observations. Now, this is a real pet peeve for me. And again, I've spoken to so many members of the teachers team, head teachers, SENCOs, assistants, deputies, year leaders, uh, class teachers, support staff, and pretty much across the board, lots and lots of people feel that the way that observations are done is actually not really supporting teachers' professional development. Let me kind of take you back to one of your first ever observations. And I think this is something that we can all probably relate you stood there, you've planned the lesson, if it's an observation you knew was happening, you've planned a lesson to within in, within an inch of its life, your slides are ready, or you've got your resources perfect, everything's photocopied, you've got spares, you've got backup after backup after backup, you've prepped the children, you've prepped your support staff, you know, you're nervous, you've got sweaty hands, the head teacher walks in or a member of staff walks in and they've got their clipboard, they've got the glasses on the end of the nose and they just kind of come and stand at the back of the room and just stare and you just feel that gaze and you watch them as they scribble things down on the on the paper and you're not really present you're not really thinking about the lesson you're teaching as as such particularly as a sort of an ECT or if you're newer into the profession you know you're worrying about what that person is writing down and your focus is on them 
in truth, it's kind of a wasteful lesson for the children because at the end of the day, isn't that what we're there for? We're, we're there to benefit the children. The pressure, the tension, the time people take to put into their lessons. And it doesn't help just to give false platitudes to, to staff and say, oh, you know, don't worry about it. You don't need to prepare for this lesson. I'm just going to pop in. If someone knows you're coming into their classroom, they're going to want to show you that, you know, they're going to want to show you their best. They're going to want to put their best foot forward. Naturally, it's a, it's a human thing, right? So, I genuinely think that lesson observations should be more like workshops. So you're teaching a lesson, whether, you know, it's organized beforehand or it's just a pop in, you know, however you want to do it. But whoever it is that is the, who is giving you the feedback, who's giving the observation, I genuinely think this would really benefit teachers' health and well-being to know that that member of staff is just going to come in. They're going to say, where do you want me? You're going to direct them to a group of children and they are going to come in and they're going to roll their sleeves up. They're going to get stuck in. No clipboard, no forms, you know, nothing to scrutinize. Just enjoying the time with the children, benefiting the children in the process. The member of staff is much more relaxed. There's not loads of stuff to prepare. And at the end of the observation, that member of staff can just approach you as a teacher and say, right, look, this, this, this was this, this was brilliant. This was fantastic. These children did really well. Maybe even give you a bit of feedback about how that group did you know, help you with your assessment and then maybe just give you one little thing to work on. You know, nothing, nothing major, just one little thing to work on so you're not overwhelmed. The whole process has been easier and it's been smoother for everyone. And if that member of staff has to have a paper trail, they can go back and they can maybe type that up afterwards. How much better as a, as a way to assess our members of staff would that be? How much better would that be for our health and well-being? And the reason I want to go into so much detail about this one in particular is because I've had this conversation with lots of members of the team and someone actually said this is exactly how their head manages their lesson observations and it has completely revolutionised how people receive the feedback. They're not on the edge of their seat waiting for negative news. They've actually had a hand. The member of staff has got involved. They've actually picked up way more information than just standing and watching and, and scribbling a form. Because let's be honest, those forms normally go into a file, they get lost and maybe they get brought out of performance management if you're lucky. But that feedback through this sort of more formative process is going to be really, really useful for that teacher. Next one then is going to be back your teachers up when needed. And this comes from, from everyone. It's not, not just head teachers and leadership we're talking about here. This is everyone. Back each other up in school. Work as a team. You know, collaborate, communicate. Don't compete with each other. Te- for, you know, for, for parents as well. We want our parents, we want our community to support you as a teacher. We don't want to always be fighting each other. We want to actually have this kind of community spirit. Now, as a leader, maybe, or just, you know, just a parallel teacher or, or a year leader or as a colleague, something that we know can really impact teachers' mental health and well-being is, you know, the, the input of parents. We know that we can sometimes have tricky parents. We know we've got those parents that we just can't please, right? Particularly in front of those parents, we need to show that we are in solidarity with our teachers, that yes, if something's gone wrong, it's apologised for and it, you know, changes are made and all the rest of it, of course, you know, within policies and safeguarding, that all goes without saying. But we need to show that we support our teachers and that we're not just going to hang them out to dry and sort of, you know, feed them to the wolf, so to speak. Backing your teachers up is going to be a really, really important part. When we come back to what this is about, it's about showing gratitude. What is going to make a member of staff feel more positive about their health and well-being, their teaching experience, their time in your school? What's going to make them feel better? couple of you know cupcakes once once a year on world teachers day or knowing that you've got their back whenever you need them whenever they need you sorry should i say the next one then is going to be a um help your staff to reach out to agencies and charities and unions when you need to 
There are so many amazing charities and organisations out there nowadays to support teachers with their mental, their physical, their financial, you know, their environmental health. There's so many different organisations. Ed Support, who are the sponsor of our Rewriting Wellbeing event on the 22nd of October, they are an incredible charity. As a colleague, as a friend, as a leader, be the person who points people in the right direction because you are a person, you have your own health and well-being. You can't be expected to be solely responsible for all of the people in your school. You are a human being. You are not a robot. You have your own things going on, right? You can't do this by yourself. This is why it needs to be a whole school community approach. But by directing those people to organisations, charities, like, you know, things like, Ed, you know, people like Ed Support, they are incredible, the things that they can do to help. Be sure to direct your staff there because you can't do this solely by yourself and again sort of similar to the ones that i mentioned before come together you know communicate collaborate don't compete with each other it's not a competition we're not there to be the best teacher in the school and again i know it's cheesy and it's a cliche but teaching is a team sport right we can't expect to do this on our own if you're a year three teacher Every single child in that year group, their mental, their physical, their um, you know emotional health, their academic progress, that can't all be put on your shoulders. This needs to be a group effort. This needs to be a team approach. And so by coming together, rather than sort of biting each other's head off or you know arguing, arguing about certain things, let's change our perspective on what it means to be a team and actually look at, yeah, you're not always going to like people. There's going to be people you work with who are going to rub you up the wrong way because we're humans. We're going to clash. We, we have personalities. We have opinions. We have experiences. We have different backgrounds. We can't expect for everyone to, you know, we're not going to pretend it's all roasting, you know, looking at things through roasting glasses. We can't expect for it all to be perfect all the time. But if we can just try a little bit more to support each other and to say, right, look, I mean, I hear you, you know, make make each other feel seen and heard. I understand what you're saying, but my perspective on this thing is. And then we meet in the middle. We find a way to work together towards a solution instead of having this divide. In schools I've worked in before, there's been a massive divide between leadership, teaching staff and support staff. In some schools I've been into, there is, you know, there's, there's, chasms between those different sort of um parts of the school staff but in truth we're all just trying to do you know we're all here for the same reason we're all on the same mission so why does there need to be that sort of you know fall down of communication that competition that sort of disagreement all the time why can't we come together a little bit more and finally i think it's you know a really 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 important point to make sometimes in schools there can be a lot of false platitudes and what I mean by this is sometimes we can kind of, you know, say things like, oh, you can't pour for an empty cup. You know, you need to go home early. By the way, I need you to do this by tomorrow morning. Things like that. And and I'm talking from experience here, from talking to you guys. Loads and loads of people have told me that at the moment that we're, we're hearing this all the time. Just go home early. Just go home today. Well, I can't because you made me sign up to, to run this extracurricular club. Or, well, yeah, but you, you've also sent me to this CPD session from four till five on a Wednesday. I can't just go home. If we're going to say things like you can't pour from an empty cup, which to be honest is about as useful as a chocolate teapot. But if, we, if we're going to say things like that and we're going to give these you know nuggets of advice and use these phrases, we actually need to help people to do that. It's, it's no good just to say, oh, go home early. If you know for a fact they've got a stack of marking, they've got a billion and one place to spin, how about, again, going back to one of the earlier points, we scrutinise that workload, we scrutinise the pressure that we're putting on people. 
Anyway, guys, those are nine ways, in my opinion, we can support teachers with their health and well-being. Nine ways that we can actually say thank you to teachers on World Teachers Day. Nine ways that we can actually show that we recognize them, we are grateful for them, and we appreciate what they do. If you've got number 10, because I have only got nine there, if you've got number 10, if there's one thing that you would add to that list, and I'm sure, you know, we'll have lots of opinions about this list is I am one person. Again, I have my own experiences, my own biases, my own perspective. So you may agree or disagree with some of those points. But I want to know what would be your number 10? What would you add to that? You can let me know on Instagram. You can drop me a DM, the.teachers.health.coach. Um, again, same on Facebook. Um, Twitter is, I think it's Teachers Health underscore. Um, LinkedIn, I'm on there as well now. So however you want to communicate, Instagram is always my sort of most uh, active platform. But what would you add to that list? If I said to you, what could your school leaders, colleagues, parents, whatever, how could they show you this World Teachers Day that they truly care and they truly appreciate about, you know, uh, appreciate everything that you do for their children and their community? What would you ask for? Anyway, Have an awesome day and I'll catch you really soon. Take care, guys.